This is Comet Fixed by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Jason Glick, what's going on, man? Hey, John. It's like I'm talking about a series that, um, like, has been running for a while. That has like a uh, a creator who's like you know been a big part of this of this site that I love to write about. It's like, and it was his first you know major horror series after his big horror series that changed everything. And who is this mystery person? <laughs> this <laughs> I mystery already per- know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> I already know who it is. Yeah, this mystery person is Robert Kirkman. It's like the creator who gave us um, The Walking Dead, who gave us Invincible. It's like, and who like is like constantly like, you know, trying to, to like, you know, come up with another series that, you know, can beat or equal those like, um, like genre defining series. It's like on his own terms. Because, you know, it's like you kind of figure like, after you've got created a series that you know was that actually went to go up in sales each issue, like The Walking Dead did, and spawned a uh, huge um, like um, TV franchise, like as it did. It's like, and also with um, Invincible, that's like that is now like like gone to be like a um, like a smash hit um, series on Amazon that you know is just getting started, and it's also like you know like get like um. You know, a lot of people to to invest in like you know hey you know like, what is this new series this this new old series in the creator of the walking dead i want to find out about it you know it's like like i can appreciate that about kirkman that the, the fact that he's you know like he's had like huge success in comics and also in um in like in like in tv it's like but he's also like you know determined like hey you know what i still want to keep doing comics i want to um like you know find create like you know new series that you know are like as as big if not bigger than the series i've like that i've made my name with so i definitely respect that it's like and i it's like and I'm, that's why i'm always gonna, gonna like gonna give um kirkman like the time to like you know like to like as far as like what he's um doing for for, for new series because you know the walking like with series like the walking dead and invincible I mean, it's like his 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 legacy is secure, you know, right right there. I mean, he doesn't need to he doesn't need to do anything else. But I love him for the fact that you know he he keeps wanting to try, and I'm always going to give him the time of day to do that. And that brings us to one of the first series, one of the first major series that he did to him capitalize on his like you know post like you know Walking Dead TV success. That would be um, Outcast because as and it's interesting because as he tells us in the final volume, it's like, like after um, the walking dead hit big, you know, like his, his creative people, his um, agents in Hollywood tell him, Hey, you know, you can probably get some people to uh, like green light a new series. Like after this, just based on the fact that you're the guy who did the walking dead. So Kirkman was thinking like, okay, well, then what do I want to do here? It's like, Hey, you know, it's like exorcism. That's always been something I've been fascinated with. So I want to see what I can do there. And it was interesting to read that um, that Outcast was kind of like a series that the comic series was kind of like reverse adapted, you know, from Kirkman's um, pitch for the series to uh, Cinemax. And uh, it's like that, that's fine and all. It's like it's like you know like because um, Kirkman has the has the skills to you know to like to pitch a series and make and um say so and make it work on its on its own terms like i never watched um like outcast because uh well i like we this is like you know back in the day when they still bundled bundled cable like subscriptions together it's like i didn't get um cinemax so oops 
But, you know, it's like I did read um, the comics as if you've been like you know, reading the site for a while, you know that I that I talk about just about every volume as it it's like as it came out. It's like and you know it's like the fact that um hey you know it's like the guy who created the horror series known as The Walking Dead, hey, he's doing another horror series called Outcast. Well, you know that's that's reason enough to check it out as it is. It's like and he was also doing it with um Paul Azaceta. Um a guy who does um like um dark moody um creepy art um really well it's like and he does and he does this the uh and he does a good job of selling like you know outcasts um creepy moody vibe it's like really well over the course of its um of its 48 issues but um what is outcast about well outcast is the story of um kyle barnes it's like when we meet him in the beginning of the series he's a um so he's a solitary um like hermit type type character like who lives in um in rome um west west virginia and it's like he's you know like he's had a tough life so far it's like we were initially told that he's that he's that he he's, he's had a tough time growing up because his um his mother it's like was um like was was abusive and violent towards him but you know not in the way that you know, like not not in an unknowable like human type way, but we quickly find out. We eventually find out that you know, she was violent and abusive towards him because she was um possessed by a demon. It's like or by by darkness, for lack of a better term. And it's like and uh, and it's like and she's currently um, in a coma. It's like at the uh, local hospital because because Kyle was able to exercise her. Not that he knows this, but he was but but when he was a kid, he was able to force the demon out of her. But the demon was like so inextricably tied to her soul that um it just left her a uh it's like a vacant husk as a result. And Kyle has lived with this this guilt and pain for like for like for all of his life. And also it's like while well, he's tried to move past it, well, like you know, the demons done with him because Kyle is what's called an outcast. It's like he um he has the power like he has the power to drive the demons out, but also um because of what he is, he can um attract them as well. It's like he is kind of like a beacon of light that um the demons can can come to our world to like and like in and infest it's like infest it and uh, and inhabit um certain people like like around him and that are close to him specifically because we learn early on that um kyle is divorced because well it's like the common knowledge is that he um beat his wife and um it's like it's like and that it's like and that basically was um like it was the reason for like for the divorce right there it's um why his um brother-in-law like a police officer it's like you know was very suspicious of him it's like and why Taking why his sister, it's like, you know, just doesn't want does not want him to have contact with his ex-wife as as a result. But the real reason is that um like Kyle's that Kyle's wife um was it's like was ultimately um it's like she was ultimately um like um his wife, his, his ex-wife Allison, like you know, she uh like she wasn't beaten. She like 
Well, no, she was beaten because you know she was a demon and she was like trying to kill kill their daughter. Um, it's like it's like their daughter Amber. It's like and that's and that's it's it's one of like the uh, keep it so dramatic irony that um that Icast works there. It's like you know it's like it's like there are like demons do exist and they do um bad things in this world, but at the same time. It's like, you know, it's like Kyle is just kind of like the victim of them. But, you know, how are you going to, like, tell anyone that, hey, you know, it's like, it wasn't me. It's like, it was a demon possessing my wife. It's like, that's that's a pretty solid dramatic hook right there. And I think that's kind of what gives, like, Outcast its, like, its, its dramatic weight early on. Like, and then there's the, and then there's the fact that, you know, like, the demons like earlier are talking about the uh this thing called the great merge like which is when they're going to be able to like you know talk like you know bring everyone over like on their side over to like to our world and all it's like that's kind of like the uh like the dr dramatic thrust of the early of like the first half of the series because rereading the series i think there's like a uh a solid divide between like volumes one through four and then five five through eight Volumes one through four are all about establishing, like you know, Kyle is Kyle is the victim, and his um, and his compatriot, um, like Reverend Anderson. Anderson is he's an interesting character in the sense that he is um, he's a devout um, religious person. It's like who believes that you know, it's like hey, you know, like the devil is real. It's like and you know, hey, like you know, Kyle, you are it's like are kind of like the person who's going to help us, like like fight us, fight against him. It's like because. But um, at the same time, though, like um, Anderson is like also kind of very misguided in the fact that, and since he thinks this is a this is a strict, you know, religious conflict, it's like oh, it's like the uh, forces of God against the forces of the devil, and even though it's like there is one, um, like and like um, evil character, um, Sydney, it's like the guy who is like, like, like the uh, leader, the leader of the quote unquote demons against them. It's like he's. Like and he just kind of like he's kind of like a, uh, I guess like he's kind of like a. He was a, It's implied he was a serial killer before he was possessed by the demons, and the demons just kind of like, um, like gave him like you know more purpose and focus in the sense that hey, you know you don't need to like you know kill. It's like you know people indiscriminately in order to like you know show that you're on our side, but. You know, like Sydney is like the kind of guy who will carve a upside down pentagram into Reverend Anderson's chest just to let you know, hey, you know, it's like this is what you're dealing with right here. So you better just um so you were just like, you know, stay stay the hell back. And it's I think it's interesting that you know that um that Anderson like you know looks at this and goes like, you know, it's like this is a test from God. So I'm not gonna it's like I, I'm not gonna like give in to you. And eventually it's like, you know, like Sydney's provocations eventually, like you know, provoke um, you know, I'm Reverend Anderson to do some bad things. Just the fact that you know, hey, you know, it's like okay, you say you're a man of God, but then you do this stuff. Oh, that's 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 not good. That's it's bad. It's like, but but for the first half of the series, it's like it does a um, you know, it's like it's. I've talked about the series like on on like in the blog, and how, how this is like kind of like a very slow burn type series in the sense that you know not a lot happens, but you know, like stuff does happen. It just happens 
very slowly, like in six-issue chunks, as is on Kirkman's want, like for every for every series he's done since The Walking Dead. Because you know, like that's it's not a bad thing, but I imagine that if you were reading this like sing single issue form, it probably would have felt interminable. It's like just just to go like, hey, you know, like, is something gonna happen in this issue? That kind of thing. And you know, like there are some there are points where like you know things do happen. Like with um with um Kyle's adopted daughter, adopted sister Megan, like being possessed, and then um like throwing her um her husband Brian out of the wind out of the window, which you know, causes him to be paralyzed, but also causes him to realize that, oh my God, you know, my, uh, my brother-in-law who was like, I thought was like, you know, a wife beater. It's like, he might actually have a point here. It's like, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. And then there are bits where like where Sydney does capture, um, like Kyle, it's like, and you got to figure like, well, what's going to happen there? It's like, well, it's like, it, it's just a matter of just, you know, just figuring out of, of seeing like, you know, well, it's like, how how is um Kirkman going to advance advance things here? It's like for the first four volumes, like or issues one through twenty four, you know, it's like I get the feeling that I can understand like you know like these uh, complaints about you know what's going to happen. It's like is something like major going to happen here? Well, it's like yeah, I can. It's kind of like you got to have patience. You got to have faith, for lack of a better term, because you know, hey, that's what um. Reverend Anderson wants, and when he um, guts a guy in order to, uh, you know, like you know, to prove that point, well, yeah, it's like that's kind of that, that's kind that's kind of a big deal right there. But I can understand like if you're reading the series and you're going through the first half, well, you gotta have like there's a lot of stuff that's going on that just um, that just kind of tries your patience. They basically ask you to buy into the series as a slow burn, and I think that. Um, that the Kirkman's writing and as I said, his art do a good job of like trying to convince you of that. Cause, um, cause I think that Kirkman more than anything else, he does understand the value of getting you to know the characters and um, believe that, you know, like, Hey, you know, they've got solid motivations behind what they're doing. And as I said, as I said before, like he does um, that, that, that this dark creepy style really well, especially with um, his like, those those like interior like um like square panels like within the uh regular panels that let you know that hey you know there's something else going on here that that you know there's there's more going on than just like you know like the big stuff that i'm showing you right here but um i guess that kind of brings us to the back half of the series because after because with volume five like you know things start um picking up because we um because while i'm um, like because while Kyle is like shown to be like kind of an amateur exorcist, like for the first half, well, he starts get coming into his own in the back half, specifically when um, a person, a person close to him, you know, starts uh, like shows up and just starts showing him like, yeah, you know, this is what you can do with your power. It's like, and, and, you start, and with volume five, you start getting the feeling like, Hey, you know, it's like the good guys are starting like to pull ahead here. And then volume six, we get to direction to um, Roland Tusk. Who is like you know one of a, a a big mean fixer for the uh, for the demonic side, and um but also like he he's big he's mean he likes to eat tongues, but he's also a um good um family person as well. It's like I mean Kirkman does like the family stuff 
extremely well like in this series i mean if you know how how well he managed that in in invincible well it's it's the same here as well because um with with tusk i mean it's just like like it, it's just amazing just how he manages to make this guy seem like a like a genuine like you know villain but also just kind of like you know, kind of sympathetic as well in the sense that, you know, he, he loves his, his wife, like, and he loves his kids, like who they are. But then when he realizes that, Oh, wait a second, you know, this great merge that my side has been talking about, they're going to cause my kids to not be, you know, the kids that I've known for my life. Oh man, I've got to do something about that. Like that's, that's a good solid, um, like character driven reason for doing what he does. It's like, especially in the final volume, because the uh, like as the series goes on, like you know, it starts to like um, be framed as a uh, as a standoff between you know the uh, like like um, Kyle like um, Kyle's camp and then um, everyone else in West Virginia. It's like it's kind of like if you remember like the uh, the Branch Davidian stuff like back in the '90s. Like just uh, give you an idea of how how old I am right there. This is kind of like what what's going on here like as the series moves into its final act it's like except that the guys in the uh, compound they're the good guys and the people in who are like who are like are like um, advancing on them well they're the ones who are like, you know being like demonically possessed and all and um that's kind of like where things are with the uh, final volume because because like the uh because with um when um, volume seven left off it's like it kind of like it implied that hey you know it's like um Kyle it's like like got Kyle's team like had um like was getting a, a big a big boost from you know the divine or the light side for lack of a better term because you know it's like while um well Reverend Anderson loves to talk about this stuff in like hey you know it's like God is on our side and all well it's like 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 um the overall like arc of this it's like it's not like you know being about um like like good and like good and evil or god and the devil it's basically all about being like you know one side is about um you know corrupting everyone and the other side is all about bringing like order so you can let everyone live live their own lives and um this final volume volume eight the merged um basically like you know brings that into stark like into stark relief as um it's like it's like as as Allison is essentially possessed by um by the last good good thing from the dimension that the uh the, that the light and, and darkness came from. Because while um Kyle and um all the other outcasts, like you know, they are the recipients of the uh the light from this dimension. It's like the like all the dark all the darkness or the demons it's like you know they're the representatives of the darkness of the dimension and they want to come here because this dimension is about to um collapse so that's basically what the uh what, like what the that the um the great merge is about and um it's all and this um like in this finale it's like it's all about just you know it's like like sorting things out it's like and does does it work well i th i think it does but i think it does on the fact that you know like kirkman is like is a solid writer and um as a set is a solid artist like in the end because it all kind of comes down to the fact that like in the end that um 
Barnes has to uh, has to has to um, deal with the fact that you know what what his what his mother while she was possessed by a demon did to him. It's like and he has to like, recognize like, you know, what that what that means in the larger con- context context of the story, and also just you know it's like how like how his team can you know like come together in a proper pattern to um, like like to reject reject the demons, and also um like Roland Tusk and his family also have a uh, interesting um like part to play here as well, both. Um, like before the, uh, the the great merge happens, and then after, when um, when things have been settled, and he he basically comes up to like Kyle and basically says, you know, it's like what 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 does it all mean? Was it worth it?" It's like, and I yeah, I can understand what he's what he's talking about there, and I can understand that you know Kyle doesn't have any you know good solid answers for him. It's like I. Th- I, I do like the end, like for the series, just the i the idea that um, it's like in the end, like you know, Kyle was able to find some measure of peace, like after like after everything was done, like that that we do get the mega happy ending, and I do think that it was earned. But there's also like you know, like questions like left to be had, like the ones Tusk answers, and also the ones that um that Anderson, Irvin Anderson, has to answer as well, because. You know when um Anderson and and Kyle have their final like conversation like in the final volume, you know it's like it could be read as like, hey, you know it's like we're getting ready for a sequel, huh? Huh? But you could also just realize that recognize as as um Kyle just be saying, no, it's like I've done what I've, I I've done what I've could to do. It's like and everything is is saved. It's like and um Anderson's just like, you know, I hope you're right, man. So, I, I mean, I, I do like Outcast. I rereading these these eight volumes, and like it's a nice compact like series, you know, in that in its eight volumes and all. And I think that you know, for all it's like, for all I've talked about is it being a slow burn series, like you know, that kind of stuff reads a lot better when you're going through all forty eight issues at once, as opposed to say all forty eight issues over say um for. Four, four and a half years, five, you know, because I know the series was delayed a bit because of like, you know, COVID and all. But overall, it's like, I think that it's like a, it's a good, solid read. But I think that, you know, you know, it's like, maybe it doesn't have like the uh, same kind of like, um, genre, like genre aware self awareness that, um, that we saw from Kirkman in *The Walking Dead* and *Invincible*. The sense that you know, hey, you know, it's like here's a per- here's a guy who who's like very familiar with the, uh, the conventions of the genres he's working in, and he also give them a good solid twist to keep us like like thoroughly in- thoroughly invested. *Outcast* is more like an example of like you know, hey, like he knows how to um keep us invested in like you know familiar um stuff like done done well it's like he knows how to um like create create a solid protagonist he knows how to create a, a solid um antagonist antagonists really and also just like gives like a good solid um like supporting cast to um support the main the main character as well so no it's like i don't think that um outcast is on the same level as kirkman's like you know best creator owned work but you know it's like i think it's Ultimately, like a, a a good example of like 
of how he knows how to uh, like keep keep us readers invested in like you know good solid familiar genre work. I mean, it's did like you say, did you say you knew when? Wait, when when was this produced? Actually, um, in uh, relation to his other his other works, I don't know. I don't remember if you mentioned that. Oh, this was he he uh, uh, Kirkman was doing Outcast at the same time he was he was still going full throttle into um Walking The Walking Dead and Invincible. It's like as as ongoing series. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it's like I think so um it's like yeah, it's like I think that he's that like those series are still going to be like his masterpieces, but um Outcast shows that you know, he's that Kirkman knows how to um like you know, get get how to how to how to I can invest readers into like you know good solid genre fare. It's like I mean, just through just like you know, like creating solid characters, solid motivations. I mean, yeah, he has kind of like maybe he has to, he'll have to spell these motivations out to the reader, but you know, like I'm fine with that. It's like, and also he's like he knows how to te- team us up with like good solid artists, um, like like as like Paul Azaceta. So like I. So yeah, it's like even if like Outcast isn't on the same level as his best work, I I I feel confident recommending it to like you know people who are who who hear like hey you know this is from the creator of The Walking Dead and Invincible hey you know it's like yeah go ahead and check this out I I recommend I recommend it because you know he Kirkman's a guy who knows what he's doing. Cool. So do you know what you're going to be talking about next time? All right, so you know, we're going from one guy who knows what he's doing to another guy who knows what he's doing very well. We're talking about um Hirohiko Arakai, um the creator of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. It's like, and while I've talked about um his like the series' best known arc, Stardust Crusaders, like several years ago, well, Viz finally finished um um publishing um Diamond is Unbreakable, like the the series um like the arc that came after that series. And it's basically the most um, Stephen King-ish arc of the series, like from the, from an author who who very who clearly worships at the arc of altar Stephen King in a good way. All right, well that sounds pretty good, and we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glit. Right, later's everyone. <laughs>